Hallelujah. Are you ready to receive some more this morning? Hallelujah. I, I want to welcome pastors Alf and Pam and, and some of your friends and, and congregants that have come to worship with us this morning. Good morning. Thank you. I, I enjoyed your flagging. At, uh, I, I was at their church a couple weeks ago, and you did flagging over people, and it was like, I'm not sure I'm there yet. <laughs> I, I got to be honest, it was like, okay, I'm not going to put my name down. <laughs> but as I watched, I, I just, th- there, there's a beauty when something is done well. There's a beauty when something's done. Okay, it says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say you have to get it right. Um, but it's, it's amazing when you get it right how amazing it is. So thank you. Thank you for standing with your pastors and, and joining us. Not, not just them, but also Jason, you and your wife. Thank you. Um, pastors Alf and Pam um, introduced themselves to uh, Winona and myself about four years ago-ish, somewhere in there. Um, and they were reaching out to get to know some of the pastors. They've been in the community uh, for a long time, as we have. And uh, they wanted to get to know some of those that they hadn't reached out to. And they reach out to a lot of pastors in our community. And so Pastor Winona and I got to know them. And as we got to know them, we found out that we had a lot of roots that came from very similar um, tree. Um, so uh, a lot of their, some of the names in their history, and, and what's scary is we started talking and we were looking at 30, 40 years back. Um, in fact, in some cases, almost 50, because my memory is starting to hit 50 years. And, um, and so it was kind of neat as we talked, it was like, okay, there's some similarities here that we share and some relationships and some people that Winona and I knew closely that they knew closely. And so it was kind of neat to see that. And then after Winona's passing, they continued to reach out to me. And I thank you for that. I am so thankful for family, friends, and faith. And I'm so thankful for all of you, how you have stood with me, but I'm also gonna tell you there have been so many pastors and friends in the faith that have reached out to me. And uh, you guys not only reached out, but they took me out for breakfast and they actually paid for it. And, uh, and uh, we've, we've shared some things and um, they've, they've accepted me just like you have with my amazing sense of humor. And, and they've, they've welcomed me in and I just wanna thank both of you for making me feel comfortable in this new skin. Thank you. And uh, I'm looking forward. We were having breakfast a few weeks ago, and I said, I'd like you to come. I said, we're doing a house of, this is a house of, I says, and we're looking at this is a house of the Spirit right now. And I know their passion is God's presence and the Spirit of God moving. And I said, I'd love for you to share. And they said, okay, just tell us when. (laughs) And uh, so can you welcome Pastors Alf and Pam? Um, I, they're, they're both going to take some time, but I'll, I'll let, uh, Pastor Alf, I'll let you kind of introduce your wife and also um, however you'd like to continue. Of course. Good clapping for ourselves. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much. It's just a delight and an honor to be here with you this morning. And we uh, we have uh, recently, as as David said, is we, we've been on a relentless search for the perfect eggs Benedict. Yes, we will. We will carry on, though, even if we know we we will keep. Yeah, we will carry on. So uh, we're going to start out. I love the fact that you're doing a series on the house. Of, this is a house of the spirit. You know, we, we love the Father, we love Jesus, we love the Holy Spirit. And so uh, Pam's going to start out. She's got a couple of words that God's given her for, for this morning. And then, uh, yeah, I have a deal with the sound guy. So if she goes too long, you know what to do? Wow, it's just like being at home. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, you know, I got to tell you, before I say, before I give these words, um, so, uh, anybody else here praying for a prodigal? So, yeah, okay, we got a couple there. So, uh, we have a daughter that's a prodigal, and uh, it was so awesome during the worship. God just gave me such a beautiful vision of, uh, I think it was when um, Pastor Daniel was, he said, I had to write it down. They sang to the well. They sang over the promise, like... Daniel, thank you for that, because as he was saying it, I started, the Lord started showing me my daughter and her house, and just what the angels of the Lord, like, you know, they encamp around them, and he said, you know, pray for her, so I just want to thank you, it was like, oh, I'm not at home, but I'm home, you know, it's the same spirit, so um, thank you so much, because that was a real encouragement to me, so for those of you that are praying for prodigals too, you have to keep pressing in and asking the Lord to show you how he sees them, and then we're going to come into agreement for those prodigals. But um, I asked the Lord uh, for uh, uh, what he wanted to say to a, a few people. I said, Lord, do you have a few words? And he always gives me words because God's always talking and he just waits for us to listen, right? In my case, that means I have to shut up for a little while. <sighs> Silence is so hard sometimes. Um, so I have a few words. And one of them was for um, Pastor Daniel. And um, I got this scripture for you. Uh, first off, let me tell you that um, when I was watching you, I, I, was, I really sensed the Lord was saying, you're a man of prayer. And when you pray, things happen. When you r raise your hands, I felt like it sends a ripple out into that spiritual atmosphere. And um, it's almost like uh, the enemy goes, oh, shoot. Like, oh, dang, he's doing it again. And um, I feel like God, uh, so the scripture for you was uh, Psalm 18, verses 34 to 35. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze, and you give me your shield of victory. Your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. And I think you walk in such a humility, and because of that, the Lord can stoop down to make you great. But he wants you to know there's power in your prayers. There is powers in your prayer, and I feel like sometimes you don't even know who you're praying for, but God's targeting. He's using those prayers. Other times, he lets you know who it is, so I just want to bless you for to have that faith that can just target those prayers to tear down stuff. The other word I had was for Pastor David. And David, I asked the Lord, I said, give me one word for, for David. And I heard the word integrity. And I heard the Lord say, you are a man of integrity. And then I asked him, what is integrity? And um, I looked it up in the dictionary, because sometimes the dictionary is a really anointed book. And it'll give you some really interesting things. And this is what it says. Having integrity means you live in accordance to your deepest values. You're honest with everyone, and you keep your word. Integrity is highly valued, especially in leaders. It is the practice of being honest 
and showing a consistent, uncompromising adherence to moral and ethical principles. And I just wanted to speak that over you publicly, that Alf and I see that in you. We saw it in you and Winona. It was an instant connection because it was like the integrity in you just shines. And I just want to bless that in you. And I think there's something powerful that happens when men, leaders in our city, walk in integrity. And I'm not saying the rest of them don't, but there's, that's a very strong characteristic of yours. And I just want to say I am... Um, I bless you in that, David, and we honor that. We see it in you. And um, the other word I had was for Pastor Nelson. So, um, Nelson, when I prayed for you, I heard the word, Lord gave me a word, and he said, faithful. And he said, um, a definition of faithful is steadfast in affection or allegiance. And I heard the Lord say, this man has been steadfast in his affection and his allegiance. And so I heard the scripture, uh, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who is promised is faithful. And I, I really felt like the Lord said, you, you have had times, but you have not wavered. You are steadfast in your allegiance to the Lord and to the kingdom of God. And the Lord just said, well done, good and faithful servant. And in that part of that scripture from Matthew, at the end of it, he says, so enter into the joy of your Lord. And I just felt like there's a new season of joy coming for you. And, um, and just as a, I like to call myself younger pastor, because he's older than me. Um, and so, but I said to him when I met him today, it's an honor to meet you because we have senior pastors in this city that have paved the way for the rest of us. They have stood the test of time. They have stood faithful. They have had a strong allegiance to the kingdom principles and to the houses of the Lord in this place. And so I just want to publicly also say a thank you for standing, both of you, you and your wife, because you have paved the way for so many of us to, um, to fly a little higher because you, you held the ground for us. And so, Lord, I just want to bless them. I bless these three pastors today. Um, integrity and faithfulness and prayer that is in them and we thank you for that wonderful combination that is in this house and we thank you that through that combination Lord they don't even know the lives they've changed by the way they've stood in the areas that are their greatest strengths but we ask Lord that Alf and I ask that you're going to show them fruit they're going to see fruit in the next few weeks not in years Lord but literally in weeks and months ahead we pray for the fruit to come rolling in because of their prayers their faithfulness and their integrity in Jesus' name, amen. And my last two words were, one is for, is your name Olivia? Do you write songs? You're going to. I have the sense that you, you want to, and you kind of, I, I, I saw you sitting and writing little things in a book, and then you're going, oh, you know, and I think you sing a lot of them to yourself, you know, you haven't really kind of brought any of them, you know, that's your little secret book there, and, um, and I felt like the Lord said, he is giving you songs in the night, and I think some of those songs, you're literally going to sing on your bed at night, and people are going to see deliverance because of the songs that you're singing over them, and they might not ever hear them up here, but those songs are powerful in heaven. They are literally powerful in heaven. And so I just want to bless you that those songs, oh, it's an emergency. That's so prophetic. The Lord's saying, pay attention to Olivia. She is going to alert people. She's going to alert people, Olivia. So um, God bless you. And my last word was this. Is anybody know a Miriam? Anybody praying for a Miriam? Okay. 
Okay, interesting, because I kept getting the word Miriam. So who is Miriam to you, Pastor? Is it a friend, a relative? Okay. Okay, because I woke up with the word Miriam on my heart this morning, and I said to the Lord, see, he says, pay attention. You know, so we're going to pray for Miriam because he's got Miriam on his on his heart. And the Lord told us, told me we were supposed to pray for this person. So um, because you're so faithful, um, Lord, we thank you that when you put someone on his heart, he's faithful to carry them to the throne room. And so, Miriam, we lift you up today. We say, you know, this there's something going on with you today that the Lord would put your name on someone's heart that's never met you before. I even checked with Pastor David. Do you know a Miriam? No. So, Lord, we know that that was specially for this friend. And so, Miriam, we lift you up. We literally speak the healing of heaven over you right now. Father, we ask for your presence to be so strong uh, with her that the effect of your presence would start touching every cell in her body. We just speak right now for the Holy Spirit to just, we know you're with her, but let the effect of your presence begin to just stir life in her. We speak those words that Pastor David sang, and we speak over you, Miriam, spring up, oh well, within you, Miriam, spring up, oh well, and bring that healing. Bring life, bring joy. Miriam, we just speak over you right now that you will open your eyes and see the heavenly realm that is around you. God stands with his faithful ones, Miriam. God stands with them. And so, Lord, let her sense your strength and your protection today. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's my part. (laughs) I'll probably get you up to praying at the close, too, just so it feels like we're at the river, because that often happens uh, when we're speaking. I know, that's awesome. An hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> and I see P- Pastor Daniel, he informed me right at, as I came through the door that he's the one to ask if there's any. So he's, he knows I'm a wanderer, so he graciously put tapes here. So I won't, oop, no, I won't go past that. You know that a sense of humor is a gift of the Spirit? Did you know that? <laughs> Yeah, well, let's get into the Word for a bit. And uh, we're really, we really believe that everything we do and, and believe and, and, and live should be based on the Scripture. Is that all right? Okay, that's good. I was reading a book a while back on the, on the uh, Holy Spirit, and a phrase stuck out to me, and, and it's because it's been such a passion of my heart, too. And it says, with regards to the Holy Spirit, he said, it's time to move from the theoretical knowledge to real practical experience of the Holy Spirit at work. Can anybody say amen? We want to move past hearing about it, although hearing, by hearing, we get faith, right? So that's why we preach. We preach the word so that we're aware and are reminded of the promises of God and so that when, so, so that when we go to live our lives outside of here, um, we actually have something to base it on. We actually know everything that God says is solid, it's concrete, it's, it's a solid rock. Wow, look at that. And uh, <laughs> that was for free. That plug was for free. And yeah, but we want to base our lives on what's real. You know, not on, not on somebody's imagination or anything, but on the Word of God, all right? And so too often, I find, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, um, I think that we, 
we each have our own particular, uh, immediately our mind goes to something. You know, what, what is it? Is it a, an experience that you had that was really good? Maybe it was an experience that you had that really scared you. I don't know. But we all have, when we talk, oh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Oh, no. You know, sometimes people feel that way. Or, or they get fixated on one thing. I know that as charismatic, Pentecostal-ish people that we may be, um, is that a word? Uh, you know, we, we sometimes focus on Acts 1-8, right? And you will receive power, and I'm going to read that to you. But it's, you know, that, that's the one thing. But, you know, there's so much more to the Holy Spirit than power and speaking in tongues and, and, and all those things. As wonderful as all that is, there's so much more to the Holy Spirit than that. So when, when Pastor David brought up that we, we paid for his lunch, you know, like sometimes you get into a relationship and the people like you because you buy lunch. But I want you, 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 need, to, you need to get to know me because I'm so much more than free lunch. And so we've so enjoyed our a growing relationship. So we're missing out on so much if we just settle for one part of the Holy Spirit. So we preach about him and we talk about him for weeks on end so that we understand and we have knowledge so that we can put it into practice when we go out, out of here. All right, so how does the Holy Spirit work in our life? So we're going to just read you a bunch of scriptures and... Uh, Start out with what Jesus said. Is that okay? It's pretty, you know, Jesus. He's what he taught. That's the foundation, right? We're going to read a few Paul scriptures later, but I'm going to start with some Jesus words. He's, uh, during his dialogue with Nicodemus in chapter 3, he said, Jesus said, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water and of the spirit. Humans can only reproduce, sorry, humans can reproduce only human life but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. The Holy Spirit is the originator of spiritual life. If you're alive spiritually, it's because the Holy Spirit gave you life, gave you life when you accepted Jesus, became a Christian, whatever, how, you know, whatever term you want to use. Then he goes on in verse 8 and he says, The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from. Or where it is going, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can sometimes lead us. Now that he's produced life in us, he's made us alive spiritually. So he's there, he's in us, he's with us, right? And so he, he wants to show us what's on God's heart, which we'll get into in a bit. But, oh man, I better, I better turn that thing off for a minute here. Because, because... He is the one who communicates what's on God's heart to us. He wants to lead us. I love what Pastor David said uh, in one of his messages. I actually listened to a few so I could sort of get into the flow of what you guys are talking about here. And he said the Holy Spirit can be predictable and unpredictable, right? And so, yeah, so sometimes he can lead us unpredictably. Why? Because God actually has an agenda, that's not a bad word, you know. Sometimes people use that as, what's the secret agenda? Well, God has an agenda. God has work for us to do, and he knows, and we don't, because he's God and we're not. So the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and guide us. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would be a helper. John 14, 16, I will give you another helper. That can be translated comforter, encourager, counselor. If all you're thinking about with the Holy Spirit is power, I mean, don't... 
don't rule out, he's a comforter. Anybody ever needed comfort? Anybody ever needed encouragement? Oh, only one or two. Man, you guys are, you should encourage me a little bit. It's all right to, to, you know, interact. It's okay. I'm sorry. Is that okay, Pastor? Uh, Okay, good. Phew. Boy, I was treading on dangerous ground there for a minute. Yeah, but there's, he will send you another helper, and bonus, he will be with you forever. Say forever. Forever. That's a pretty long time, isn't it? So that's Jesus promising about the Holy Spirit. But, and then he says in Fort John 14, 26, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said. Because Jesus knows, his apostles, and all the way down to us, we can't remember everything, can we? In fact, John wrote at the end of this, this gospel, he wrote that, you know, if, if everything that Jesus did was written in the books, I don't think the world could contain all the books. John, John and the other, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the, those are just highlights. Those are just little snippets of what Jesus taught and did. But the Holy Spirit, you see, he will, it says he will, he will teach you all things. Say all things. The Holy Spirit will do that. Boy, we need to welcome the Holy Spirit a little more, right? Wherever you're at with that, there's more. I want you to know there's more. He, he goes on to say, there's so much more I want to tell you, Jesus, because he's, he's about to go to the cross. This is John 16 now. He says, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. He says, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, on his own. He will tell you what he's heard. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells us, it's from Jesus. It's from God. The Holy Spirit is God. And so, yeah, we can rely on what the Holy Spirit says to us. And so, so much more I want to tell you. You know what that makes me think? See, the Gospels, as I said, are just little, little bits and pieces of the life, the three and a half years of Jesus' ministry. And, wow, wouldn't it be nice to know everything Jesus said? But only the apostles heard that, and, you know, the crowds maybe that came and went, but the apostles that were with him all the time. But we get the Holy Spirit who will bring to our remembrance everything Jesus taught. He will, he will fill us in on all those things Jesus wanted to say, but they couldn't bear it right now, right? And he will fill us in on, there's so much more to the Holy Spirit that we need to encounter. He convicts the world of sin. In John 16, 8, says, When he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin, of God's righteousness, and of coming judgment. For so long as a young Christian, I thought it was my job to, con- to convict people of sin. Right? And anybody else start out that way, maybe? I got, before, before I was saved, it was like, turn or burn, you know? And, and, and you know, you're, you're, you're living such a life of sin, and you're under God's judgment. And, you know, I actually came to the Lord a bit with that mindset, But then I discovered that God loves me. And I discovered scriptures about, you know, the love of God will bring you to repentance. You know, and and so anyways, the Holy Spirit's job, not ours, to convict people of sin, to convict the world of sin. That doesn't mean you shouldn't tell them what the Bible says, but it's the Holy Spirit's job to do, you know, what what he does best. So he is the power giver, Acts 1.8. And uh, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
And I, I, for so long, that's what I was stuck on, you know. Okay, good. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, uh, then the gifts of faith and healing and so on. Isn't that wonderful? And then I began to look. You know what was amazing about the day of Pentecost to me, what, what became more amazing, was Peter's transformation. You see, Peter, only a few days and weeks earlier, had been so afraid that he denied Jesus three times. He couldn't even stand with... He actually went to watch, so maybe he was better than some of the others. You know, the others maybe just hid. I mean, it was a fearful thing. All these soldiers coming to arrest and heading to trial and, and all this, and it was a fearful thing. But anyways, Peter did not have the fortitude to stand up for what he b believed. He denied Jesus three times. When the Holy Spirit comes, you know, things are different. All, the other thing that they did, Peter decided, just before the Holy Spirit came, he decided, I got a good idea. There used to be 12 of us. Now there's only 11. Let's get, an, let's get the 12th. And so how did they do that? Basically drew straws to see who should be the 12th apostle to take Judas's place. I don't read any more about straw drawing after that. You know why? The Holy Spirit came. And once the Holy Spirit comes, you don't have to roll the dice or draw straws. What you have to do is learn to hear God's voice inside of you. Learn to hear the Holy Spirit. But, but he became this powerful preacher. You know what I like about him? And, and the, the day of, the, my favorite thing about the day of Pentecost is toward the end of chapter 2, it says, And Peter went on for a long time <laughs> preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he had a personality makeover. He got hauled into court several times after that, Peter, James, and John, and so on. And uh, they said, the, the Pharisees said, don't you dare preach in this name anymore. And so he goes, well, I don't know what you're going to do because we got to obey God, not man, right? He's standing in the face of possible execution himself. Herod executed James early on. Then Peter was arrested. But you see, he's had a personality makeover by the infusion, by the, the Holy Spirit coming on him. He used to be a little bit chicken, and now he's like the, the leader of the church, really. And full of faith and power, right? Isn't that awesome? So, let's hear a little bit about what Paul said about the Holy Spirit in Romans 5.5. 5, and I'm jumping in on a, for time, I'm jumping in on a thought, and uh, I'm, I'm just taking this thought out of Paul, uh, Paul's letter here in chapter 5. He says, For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to do what? To fill our hearts with his love. So why has he given us the Holy Spirit? To fill our hearts with God's love. That's another thing. See, there, there's, so many there's so many facets to what, what he does to us. He... He goes on in Romans 8. Uh, he says, The Holy Spirit frees us from bondage to sin. So now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit... Who's that? Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature... You are controlled by the Spirit of God if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Wow. So here's the possibility where we can break free of bondages that have held us. How many, how many you know, have once, okay, I better not. 
have once upon a time been in, in bondage to sin, right? The Holy Spirit, when the Spirit lives in us, he frees us. He, there's a key to it, which I'm going to get to in less than six minutes. Probably. And so, oh, thank you. Oh, you are so gracious. I will, I will, in my head, I'll go, few. What does few mean? Okay. Free you. Free you from bondage to sin. He's the healer. If the Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit that lives in you. That's the, see, the Spirit is the agent of all of, of, of our interactions with God, including healing. He's the communicator. Oh, sorry, one more. He confirms our true identity in later on in chapter 8. Chapter 8 is a wonderful uh, chapter. You should memorize it all and recite it next week. But uh, <laughs> verse 15 says, For you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit... When he adopted you as his children, now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Isn't that good? So it's not just something we make up or we agree. Okay, it says in the Bible, if I believe in Jesus, I'm a child of God. No, no, his Holy Spirit who's in us wants to link up with our spirit, put his arm around us, as it were, and say, you are a child of God. You are a son. You are a daughter in God's family. Isn't that good? I want that more and more every day. I want to know for sure who I am. Because everybody else tells me I'm this and I'm that and I'm the other thing. Well, I don't even care about that. People might have said all kinds of things over you. The first thing that matters is what does God say about you? And God says, I am your father. Because of what Jesus, my son, did for you, you are now in in my family you are a son, you are a daughter. Let's get about the kingdom business, right? It's a family business. It's a family business. It's not hirelings, it's a family. It's sons and daughters working together at making the Father great, making his name great, bringing heaven to earth. It's our job. That's, that's what we do, and co- that's what God does, and we get to participate, right? He's a communicator, 1 Corinthians 2. Um, Again, jumping in on a thought, but it says, what this, uh, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. So here, nobody knows what's on the heart of God, except he's showed them to us by the Spirit. And then he goes on to explain, um, nobody knows, oh, he says, the Holy, for his Spirit searches out everything, and shows us God's deep secrets. Isn't that amazing? God is such a good father. He wants his kids to know his secrets, his deep secrets. And so, you know, he he explains that, you know, how many have tried to sometimes share with a friend even, you know, what's really on your heart? And, And no matter how hard you try, you can't really say everything because I always say you know like what you see or or what I represent to people is probably only 10% of who I really am because we can't really express who we only our spirit knows for sure who we really are right and so he's saying only God's spirit knows exactly what God is thinking and what's on his heart 
And so he says, we have received God's spirit so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. And I like how the message says it. Spirit can only be known by spirit. God's spirit and our spirit in open communion. Wow. So it's not spooky way up there. I mean, there might be some... You ever had spooky? I've had spooky once or twice. Not in a bad way. But most of it is... He wants us to have to talk as friends do. He wants us to talk as family does. He wants us, like, good family. He, he wants us to talk. <laughs> For some of us, that might trigger us. I'm sorry. Good family. Where you can be honest, where you can be yourself. You can be yourself with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Read the Psalms sometimes and see how David poured out his heart. Oh, God, why are you sleeping? Wake up and help me. And he, Is God sleeping? Can God take it when we pour out our hearts to him? Of course he can. So much of the Psalms are just David pouring out his heart. And then he usually ends up with, but I will rejoice in the Lord. Because God is my stronghold. All right? So he gives gifts. He produces fruit in our life. We know those things. And, and uh, so, God, so the Holy Spirit, the, the one gift or fruit of the Spirit that, that I really like that I'm, I'm really hoping I get someday, and that is the very last one. It says, so I, I'm probably working my way through the list, you know? What's, what's the last one? Anybody know? Uh-oh. Self-control. Ooh. Okay, I'm better than I was, and I'm growing in that. And, and that's the thing. We're always on a course with God. It's not like I wish we could snap our fingers and have self-control in our life, right? But God takes our hand. He says, come on, let me take you on a little path here. The things that we go through, the things that come against you, the things that come, you know, are for you. Let's learn about how to control yourself. That's the fruit of allowing the Holy Spirit to be in your life. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not a list. There's the gifts and there's the fruit. Well, it is a list. But it, it's, it's meant to be, it's fruit. It's like you don't take a seed and go, produce an apple. Like, you have to plant it, you have to look after it, you have to water it, you have to grow it, you have to trim it, you have to do all kinds of stuff, and lo and behold, it gets an apple. Well, that's kind of the way our lives are, right? We have a seed of the Word of God planted in us, and as we nurture it and embrace it and embrace the Holy Spirit's help, He will produce fruit in our lives. So, 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 how do I release all of these things? How do I release the Holy Spirit more in my life? Because that's the thing. We know these things, and I trust I haven't said anything brand new here. We, we know these things, I mean, because I've just been reading the Scripture. So if any of this is brand new, read your Bible, okay? But we know these things, but how do we make them so that we're living them? How do we make it so we're living them? So it goes past theoretical knowledge into actual experience, because that's what God is after. How do I release the Holy Spirit in my life? How can I let him accomplish all these things? Everything is connected to my choice. Here's a, here's a, here's a question that might be a trick question. What is God's greatest gift to us? You got it. Choice. Absolutely. Sometimes people go, Jesus, and that's always a good answer, right? <laughs> Jesus is God's greatest gift. If you've ever been to Sunday school, just say Jesus anytime you're you're asked a question. Choice. You know, it's a, it's a powerful thing, and God won't take it back. He didn't when Adam and Eve were, 
were, were tempted in the garden to make a bad choice, to go against what God had asked them to do. And, and he, he, he could have rushed in and said, I'll just rework their brain so that they don't have a choice. No, he, he lets us choose. And it's a, so it's the greatest gift. What is the most dangerous gift that God has given us? Our choice. And so you get to choose when you hear something, when you hear the word of God, you get to choose. Thank you, David. He's put his Bible over the timer. Thank you, Lord. Your pastor really hears from God. I, I just want to, I just need to tell you that. You can, we can let him, we can choose to let the Holy Spirit. And he won't take you by the ear and force fruit into your life. Because that's, he doesn't do that. He didn't do that with Adam and Eve. He didn't do it with anybody ever. He gave us free choice. It's the most beautiful gift. We're not robots. We're not forced. No matter how we might feel backed in a corner sometimes, we're not forced. We can make a choice. It's also very dangerous. So we are tasked with making good choices and recognizing bad ones. Right? A couple of scriptures, and then we're done. Uh, Romans 8, 5 and 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Here's the key. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Letting is the key word. We have to say, Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. I want you to explain to me personally what's on God's heart for me. What should I do in this situation? It's, it's about big picture things. It's about little picture things. It's about what should, I, what should I do with the rest of today, really. Because sometimes we go, I, I like to say this, so I'll bless you with it too. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people come to me and they say, I want to know God's plan for my life. I said, I got a clue for you. Just right now, let's ask him, what do you want me to do with the rest of today? Because if you start asking him that every day, and you start just even, even if you, even if you hear it and miss it a hundred times, when you hit it that first time and you do something right, heaven goes, yay, he's getting it. <laughs> what God wants you f for your life is worked out in what God wants you to do each day. And yes, there are big picture and prophetic words and so on, and that's wonderful. But I think we should focus on practical every day. What should I do today? And that doesn't mean, should you get up and should I go to work today? You know, you have the choice, but you might get fired if you don't. So, you know, it's not that. It's, uh, Father, as I'm about my routine that's planned, please interrupt me at any time and show me who I can pray for, even quietly in my head when it's inappropriate to pray out loud or, or whatever. Just, can I give somebody a hug? Can I just smile at somebody? Can I do something to express your love for that person? Holy Spirit, show me that person today. I want to see a person every day that I, can, that I can represent you in some way, too. Right. I love, uh, anybody ever heard of the J.B. Phillips translation? Oh, my wife has. Way to go. <laughs> That's why I bring her along, right? <laughs> J.B. Phillips is kind of a de several decades old translation, but it's, Every once in a while, you, you see something in it that's really good. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> I got to go now. Roman, Romans 8 verse 13 says, But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. So, through the power of sheer willpower and gritting my teeth, put to, put to death the deeds, the sinful deeds? Is that what it says? It says, if you, by the power of the Spirit, put to death the sinful nature, you will live. J.B. Phillips says, but if, on the other hand, you cut the nerve of your instinctive actions by obeying the Holy Spirit, you're on the way to real living. And I don't know, that just really grabbed me. If you, if you, on the other hand, cut the nerve of your instinctive actions by obeying the Holy Spirit, you're on, your, on the way to real life. So, yeah, practical, practical. Can we, can we say, come Holy Spirit? Can we, when we say, we say that sometimes, don't we? Come Holy Spirit. Just think of all the wonderful things that the Holy Spirit He's more than free lunch, I promise you. Amen, amen. Pam, do you want to come up and just lead us in closing prayer? Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, <laughs> for encouraging him. <laughs> no, we're going to pray. And I, if you heard what Alf said, I think one of the things we want to start doing is being a people that understand that asking for the Holy Spirit for more of him is to ask for practical outworkings of this amazing spirit that is in us, right? So um, I'm, going to, I'm going to read out a few things. And if that's you, this is how we're going to, we're going to play it like bingo. It's going to be like Holy Spirit bingo today. If you hear me read something that you want more of, I want you to stand up. And at the end of my list, then we're going to pray. And we're going to just say, Lord, you've heard our cry. So just close your eyes as I read them and just listen to your own heart. So will you choose? Are you one that wants to choose to let the Holy Spirit fill you? Do you need filling? Do you want to repent for seeing him only as the gift giver? Someone who buys you lunch? Will you embrace him as helper, comforter, counselor, friend, teacher? If you need that in your life, then stand. Will you ask him for the promised power to conquer sin in your life? Will you simply embrace what the Holy Spirit's doing in you right now? Stop fighting it, stop pushing it away, stop saying do it differently. Will you just agree today, I choose to embrace what you're doing in my life? Will you ask the Holy Spirit to convince you deeper about God's great love for you? Do you need that from the Holy Spirit? Will you ask the Holy Spirit to choose to communicate with you what the Father has in mind for you, what his heart is towards you? Will you choose to ask the Holy Spirit today to remind you and reinforce to you what is available as God's son and daughter? If you need convincing and reminding and reinforcing, then stand. Will you choose to ask the Holy Spirit to free you from a lifetime of that brutal tyranny of sin and death 
In other words, you're fearful and you fight all the time instead of resting. Will you choose right now to get to know him more fully? Will you choose to embrace what he wants to do in your life today? So will you choose right now to say, come Holy Spirit? If that's you, stand. So Holy Spirit, you see all these people. You see all of them standing and all of them that are saying, we choose you. So I just want you to, I want to lead you in that. Just say, I choose you, Holy Spirit. And I'm so sorry that I've limited you. But today I choose to know you in so many more levels. So here I am. Fill me. So just let his spirit come and settle on you right now. He's in you. He's with you. He's around you. Holy Spirit, make your presence known inside and out on these people that are standing right now. Let them physically feel that touch of your presence. Whatever that may feel like, you're a peace that's washing over you. Somebody here, their hands are getting warm because God's told you to pray for the sick. Some of you are feeling your heart because you've needed that filling up of love. Someone here is getting set free because you're embracing him as the one that gets rid of the tyranny of sin and death. And somebody else is getting the power to conquer through the Holy Spirit, the sin that you fought with. So Holy Spirit, I love that there's all these ones asking for fruit. I love that you want to give them these gifts. And so we just say, here we are. In each and every one, do a unique work right now. In each and every one, speak to them in the area that they've said, yes, that's me. Just come and pour out. Just come and pour out. Come and pour out right now. So I just had a sense that some of you really need to make a move. And so um, I'm going to ask, I don't know if you guys do this, but Alf's been doing everything you don't do anyways. So um, I don't know if you guys come up front for prayer, but I felt like the Lord was saying, some of you are kind of, I saw cement blocks around some people, and it's like you want so much, but you're a little bit stuck. And so I just want you to not be afraid. And maybe it's just... Maybe it's not, maybe you fill up the front all the time, but sometimes it's taking that move out of your seat and saying, I'm declaring, I'm choosing publicly to say, I want more. So if that's you and you're saying, I want this, I've asked Alf if he'll just come and lay hands on you. And we're going to just, so come up to the front for those that just say, I need to, I need to make this move today. I need to shift my position and say, yes, Holy Spirit. So if that's you, Use the Holy Spirit's boldness that gave a personality change to one of the apostles. Let him change your personality right now from hanging back and receiving in your seat to going, okay, I'll take the risk. 
So we're going to give you a, maybe 30 seconds, and who's ever up here gets the prayer, and whoever doesn't gets released for lunch, okay? Does that sound good, Pastor Strachula? We'll get him going, okay? So here we are. So if that's you, thank you, Lord. Lord, let some heavy chains fall off right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pastor David, would you be okay if I asked a couple of my team to pray too? Okay. Um, Casey and, and Jason, can you guys get up and start praying for people? So we're going to pray for these ones. And you know what? If, the, if you're staying in your seat, just stretch your hands out to them. Just ask the Lord to just pour out. So Holy Spirit, thank you right now. We just say, look at the ones that have said, I am slipping out of old habits and stepping into new life. And so we speak that over them. And we thank you right now. Thank you right now. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Do you have some music that you could put on just while we're praying for people? Or you could play here some of those songs in the night. <laughs> yeah. So keep praying, you guys. Stretch your hands out to these ones that want more. <laughs> 